Welcome to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. On this show, we discuss topics relating to the exterior building envelope, such as waterproofing, glazing, cladding, roofing, and more. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. For previous episodes, show notes, and bonus video content, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com. Now, here's your host for the Everything Building Envelope podcast, Paul Beers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. This is Paul Beers. We have a really interesting topic today. We're going to be talking about the next generation of construction professionals. Our guest is Dr. Mitty Cannon, and she's involved with this topic with the Associated Builders and Contractors. Welcome, Mitty. Thank you. So, really interesting topic. Could you please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living and what you've volunteered and helped out with ABC? Okay. First of all, I am Mitty Cannon, as you've already stated, and I am the Manager of Workforce Development with AMIC Foster Wheeler. That is a global organization where we are present in more than 40 countries. And some of the areas that we focus on is project management, engineering, as well as construction services. So there, my role is to oversee our training program to ensure that our employees are working safely. They have the skill sets and knowledge they need so that we can meet the needs of our clients. So workforce development is very important as we go forward, and we realize that Without a skilled workforce, safety is is not something that's going to be paramount. So that's very important to our organization and to the industry. My involvement with workforce development is what led me to opportunities to ABC. And so at ABC, I'm the past chair of the Workforce Programs and Initiatives Committee. And so I'm very involved with workforce development, not only at the national ABC level, but also at the local ABC Alabama chapter level. So I get very engaged in workforce development opportunities and initiatives and assist with programming and different initiatives that also impact how we recruit the new generation and the next generation of skilled construction professionals. So how is the younger generation being recruited? There are several different strategies that are currently being used to attract and recruit the younger generation. For instance, One of the initiatives that we're currently using is having a simulated workplace. So we look at how we promote ourselves as an industry and take that and showcase that to parents and students as to how that is a viable career option and a career pathway for them and show them the benefits of being a member of the construction industry and how they can still be themselves not necessarily have gone to college and received a degree and end up with a lot of debt from loans, but also how they can enter the workforce and still be able to use their hands and be just as productive and make high wages just like anybody else would and and still be able to travel and take advantage of being able to meet new people, doing different things, um, building structures, and then being able to look back and see that they had an active role in the completion of a project over time. So we look at the various things that the industry bring as benefits as a way to use those as tools to recruit others. So having a simulated workplace is one of those tools that we have used. And kids seem to, especially at the high school level, they seem to really respect that and like that because if they find themselves not doing well in academia, then what we have found is 
that whenever they come to a construction program, they're doing what they would have done in academics, but it's in a more applied way. And so they can see and better understand how Pythagorean theorem really works because now in the carpentry program, we're actually doing it, but we're not necessarily calling it that. So it's more applied. So we're taking a different approach to it. And so they're better understanding who we are because now we're changing the language and we're putting it into a perspective that they can relate to and they can better connect the dots. It seems like over time that, you know, the learn a trade concept has really been de-emphasized. You know, it seems like the big goal now for everybody is to go to college. And you mentioned the college debt, which, you know, can be staggering. And it's almost like taboo that to say that college isn't for everybody, and it really isn't. And in a lot of cases, somebody, I, I feel like, could be happier and more productive with a trade, and as you say, still be a professional, make good money, and make a stable living, and, you know, basically pursuit of the American dream, or if you're, you know, overseas somewhere, whatever, you know, the higher standard of living is, and it's encouraging to hear that some things are being done to try to encourage people to look at viable alternatives that probably aren't always presented real well. Right. And there's another initiative, too, that ABC National has taken lead on, and that is a branding campaign. So we're looking at, you know, we've been working on this project now for a couple of years where Several people from industry and from the ABC chapters have come together, and we've actually sat around a table and talked about how do we better tell our story and convey who we are to the everyday people, people who don't necessarily understand what we mean when we say a pipe fitter. So when we break that down and we talk about how pipe fitter you know, has a technical role and how they can have a professional role, and we can talk about the different wages associated with those different levels and what the requirements are of those different levels, but also how starting out as a pipe fitter with technical skill sets moving into a professional level can lead to owning a company or being a project manager or designer. So there's just so many different avenues that you can take with it. And so now we're trying to do a better job with promoting the branding of it to change the perception of the industry, but, you know, also to help get kids and their parents to take a second look at who we are and see us as a career option. Yeah, you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking there really are so many opportunities in our industry for advancement. It's, um, you know, if you're a high achiever, you're going to move up the ladder probably as fast or faster than you would in pretty much any other type of trade or or employment and as you say you can end up you know eventually running the show being a, a, a project manager a project executive owning your own firm there aren't a lot of barriers to entry with the construction trades you, you obviously have to pay your dues and develop skill sets and whatnot along the way but if you are a go-getter the opportunities are there you agree with that Absolutely. The opportunity is certainly there. And like you said, you know, having the right attitude and the desire to want to be successful, you can pave your own way. And there are so many people who are standing there waiting to help 
There's various mentoring programs you can get engaged in. There's always professional development opportunities. So it's unlimited. I mean, there's just so many opportunities. And the other thing is most people don't realize that even in the construction industry, not only are we looking for skilled professionals such as pipe fitters and electricians, but it also takes other people with other skill sets to make our industry turn. It takes people with accounting and financing backgrounds, people with medical backgrounds. So it's not the discount that we don't hire those people in those positions as well because it takes all of that to run a construction business. So people definitely don't realize that we're more than just digging ditches and hammering nails. I mean, it takes attorneys and it takes accounting people. It takes safety professionals with medical background. It takes a number of talented people. And so there's room for everybody. Yeah. So this story, I'll just have to say this, this story really resonates with me because it's kind of my path. You know, I was attending college and I got a summer job working in construction as a laborer, which I can tell you isn't where I wanted to end up, but it was, you know, I was making some pretty good, I was young, I was strong, I was making some pretty good money. And then I became a carpenter and then I became a window installer and then I started my own business and then I actually became the owner at that point. Then I started doing expert witness work and I, I started my own consulting firm in 1988. And, you know, today I'm a full-fledged construction professional and I own, manage a, you know, engineering and construction firm. And the path that you described and all the opportunities, they were there and, and it was a great ride. And that opportunity still exists, I guess is what I would say. It does. The opportunity does still exist, and the industry needs people. I think the missing component there is the educational component. And when I say educational component, I'm speaking of people not knowing and not having information and not being necessarily aware of what's out there. So I think that is probably the biggest component that's missing. If people know more about it, then I think they tend to maybe take a second look or even consider it as an option. But when people don't know, they typically will migrate to what they to what it is that they do know. So I think that's the other thing that as an industry that we have to do a better job of is educating people about who we are and we have to educate outside of our world of the industry. We have to go outside of the construction industry and establish relationships on the outside of our world and go into the world of other people, other sectors, and educate them about who we are. So we really need to get into the face and space of other people so that they can become educated about who we are. And then that way, they will be able to look at those different career options. And the other thing that I think has changed a lot is it's not the boys club anymore. It's certainly equal opportunities for, for women as there is for men in virtually across the board at this point. There is opportunity for women. Um, like I said earlier, there's opportunity for everybody. There's something for everybody. And, you know, we've made a lot of progress over the years with women in construction. I can recall when I first started, uh, of course, you know, I had to exaggerate somewhat, stretch the truth, 
in order to, to get into the industry to do what it is that I wanted to do. And so I've had a very rewarding career as a female, and not just as a female, but I mean as an African-American female. So women definitely have opportunity. But, you know, as a woman, I don't feel that the industry has been generous to me because I am a woman, but it was because I paid my dues and I earned my way. And for the most part, if you just take the approach that you're in it for the best, in it to to make a living and to grow within it, then you can be very successful. So we still have a lot of work to do and a long ways to go as far as women goes because, you know, of course, women are still underrepresented. And I would love to see the day, don't know if I see it in my lifetime, but I would love to see the day that this industry is no longer considered to be non-traditional. So I think with all the seeds that are being planted and sowed, that at some point they will germinate and we continue to see more and more women enter the industry. So like I said, we've, we've come a long ways, but we still have a long ways to go, but we are making progress. And it would be great, too, as you say, to see that because we hire women, obviously, in, in our firm, and, and they're great. I mean, they're, they're looked at equally, and they are. That's what they're, they're looked at equally because they are. With what we do, I mean, everybody can do everything equally well, and, and we've had some really great experiences. I wish I had more people like some of the ones that I have. They're really great. So once people get interested, they obviously need to acquire skill sets and be trained and whatnot. Well, how is that being accomplished today? So there are different methods in which people are being trained. You know, we have apprenticeship programs. We have craft training. Even at the post-secondary and secondary levels, you know, there are construction programs that are also incorporated into secondary programming. So... You know, students can start as early as um, high school and start enrolling into programs. And the great thing about that is the industry years ago, more than 20 years ago, came together as one and took off of their, you know, competition hats and decided they wanted to endorse and adopt a curriculum that no matter who you work for, as long as that organization was affiliated with the NCCR, then we would recognize the portable training that NCCR um, put together for the industry. So it was designed for industry by industry. So that definitely played its role in helping to standardize and to unify things for us as far as the training goes. So that way everybody knew that if someone had gone through NCCR's training, whether it was in a high school program, post-secondary, apprenticeship program, or even through a company's craft training program, that if they had the NCCR, it was almost like they have the good housekeeping seal because we knew they satisfied both the practical component as well as the um, written component. And as you said, it doesn't need to be a competitive thing because raising the level of competence of the workforce helps everybody, obviously. Right. It does. It does. You know, we're all fishing out of the same pond, so we're all recruiting the same people, and they just make their, you know, they just make their little cycle through the process. So at least we know that they're trained and we know how they've been trained. So when they show up, then we know what to expect. You're fishing in a better pond, basically. Yes, absolutely. 
You had mentioned the word, but one of my favorite words before, mentor. So at my company, so we're building envelope consultants, and I can tell you, if, if you find the curriculum for that, please let me know <laughs> so I can get a bunch of people into it. So we're kind of, you know, so we don't fit in the box maybe as well as everybody else. And, and one, our big training asset, when we have a young staff member come on board, say an engineering school graduate or a construction on the entry level of, of being a construction project manager, we always assign them to somebody that's been doing this for quite a while to mentor them, basically, you know, help them through the different circumstances that they encounter. And I think that that's probably something that's done a lot, not just my company, but I think that's something that's probably done a lot in the industry. And there's, there's a lot of opportunity for those of us that are already have the careers to really help bring the younger generation along. Yes. For instance, here at my organization, ABEC Foster Wheeler, one of our values is that, you know, we invest in our people. And so... When we recruit, when we go out and do college recruit days, we make sure that that we invest in those people because we want them to be successful because we realize that, you know, that they're probably going to be the, you know, within that pool of people who will be of the next generation of leaders. So as an industry, I know of other companies that are doing the same thing. So, you know, having that mentoring program and making that investment in the people and embracing diversity and inclusion, those are very, very important elements that should be a part of anybody's value systems. So that is important. And and I I really think that that's going to be the life of our industry because if we don't do that and if we don't do enough of it and if we don't continue to do that, then I think what we're going to see is, you know, a bigger gap. So we definitely need to exercise every opportunity of, you know, developing and mentoring those younger professionals. Different summits that go on, CURP, CII, you know, they're really good about having young professional summits. And so in those summits, you typically will have up-and-coming engineers, uh, product controls individuals who may be entry-level, coming-out-of-school students who are now in the workforce. And so these are high-potentials that someone has identified and, you know, they felt that these are young people that we needed to invest in. So they have the opportunity of going through young professional summits. And so that's helping to develop them. They're being mentored. They're networking and meeting with other professionals from across, you know, the country, but from other companies as well. So they're learning together as well. That's really great. I think by doing that, having those young professional summits, they're already in the industry because that's how they get to the summit. But I think that also helps to retain them because from what I can understand with working with the young generation, they want to be engaged. They want to be valued. They want to, they want to be challenged because they are very bright professionals. So they want to be challenged and, and they want to take on those leadership roles. It's not unusual to hear them come in and they want to make the most money They want to be sitting in the number one seat. They want to run the company. So I think, you know, we shouldn't discount, you know, them wanting that. I think when we see that type of energy and interest, we need to figure out how to leverage and work with that. And I think that's just new for my generation 
and other generations. So that's what we're seeing in a younger generation now. So we have to learn how to deal with that and how to manage, you know, that type of energy. Yeah, well, I mean, aspiration and ambition are great things, but so is patience. You can't be, you know, to, to be sitting in the lead chair, you need to put a little time in, obviously, to right. before you get to that. Let me ask you this question. What role now, if any, does the traditional education system play in developing people that may be good fits with the construction industry? As I was just going to say, one thing that comes to mind is obviously the traditional, you know, like engineering and architecture and also building construction schools. Is it limited to that? Do you have to go to college or are there other ways that, that the educational system does or could support the industry? The educational system um, can support the construction industry. There are many ways in which they can support the industry. And I think that goes both ways. The construction industry also needs to support the educational system because I think what we've experienced for years is that we, the construction industry, were over here and this was our world and education was over here and they're in their world. So these worlds are separate. We keep them separate. You do your thing, we do our thing. And they were not communicating. I think we've realized that we can no longer continue down that path because that's not working. So we found ourselves coming together and starting to communicate and establishing relationships. And the NCCR has done really well with trying to bring those worlds together, especially with partnering with ACTE. So we partner with the career tech side of education and they're programming at pre-conferences for ACTE that industry comes to and they take part in exercises with education and so that way it forces us to communicate and to learn about each other. So once we've you know, broken those barriers and we start the communication, then we start to build those relationships and trust. And then we found out that we can work together. So then industry can tell education what it is that we're looking for in tomorrow's workforce. And then we can also help guide them with what curriculum and programming needs to look like to meet the needs that we have. And so it takes both of those communicating and willing to work together and to give so that, that we could help each other. So it's not just education alone, you know, working to support industry, but industry has to also be willing to flex and to give to support education. Now, we can take on roles, and that is industry, where I think we have um, presence at different levels of education, locally, state, and national, where we have a voice and a seat at the table so that we could be heard and seen. And then we also need to do the same thing with education, bring them into our world so that they can be represented too, so that we can always keep, you know, that dialogue going. So I think having those two at the table together and always working in harmony is, is something that's going to benefit both. The building construction industry really has a lot to offer because there are plenty of college career paths where you can end up in the construction industry, engineering, architecture, and then, as you said, all the professionals, accounting, finance, uh, legal, uh, human resources, you know, all those sorts of things. And then 
that's not necessarily for everybody. There's also the non-college route that you can come in and do very well with also. And you know, as far as having a relationship with industry and education, it seems that if all those paths were supported, that would probably get the most bang for the buck, so to speak, or, or getting the best result in, as far as offering opportunities to the younger generation that they can embrace and, and really do well with. I agree. And that's all a result of building relationships. And as I mentioned earlier, NCCR has done a great job with that, especially with the career um, pathways, uh, pre-conference workshops that's done at ACTE. So it's going to take initiatives such as that and more, but we have to be consistent with it. We just can't make a big splash and do it one time and think that's going to solve the problem. Uh, we have to continuously do that and maintain those relationships, and they have to be fostered. So, yes, it's, it's definitely doable. So what role, if any, does parental involvement have on the younger generation entering construction? Parental involvement has a big role in um, our younger generation entering the industry because, as you know, the generation or kids are most influenced by their parents. So if you can get to the parent and educate the parent about the career options and the various career pathways that are in the industry, then you stand a better chance of that child considering or even looking at a career in the industry. Because even though they spend a lot of time at school, that parent still has that greatest influence. And so it's very important that we get parents involved and we get them involved um, at an early age of the child's life, so that way they can start having these conversations. But if parents don't understand who we are and what we do, then I think it's hard for them to be involved. So, it's, again, it goes back to educating everybody that's, that's in that loop, and, and educating those parents, I think, will help with, with parents being more comfortable with talking about careers that are in the industry. Because the parent can be an asset, but the parent could also be an impediment, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, of course, we know most parents want, you know, will say that their child's going to go to college, but then, you know, there's always those opportunities that if they go to college, they may not finish, or if they go to college and finish, they may not find a job. And then what we've seen is they end up going back to school, and they will end up going to um, some type of a you know, vocational program or career technical education program looking for an opportunity in our industry. So it's not unusual to find, you know, degree-carrying individuals working in the construction industry because most of their stories have been, well, I ended up going to college and it was not necessarily what I wanted to do or it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and so they end up coming to the construction industry. Yeah. That makes sense, and uh, so they get to work in the construction industry so they can pay off their student loans that they probably yeah, didn't need yeah. to do to begin with. Right. I worked in the industry as a tradeswoman, and I still have my doctorate, so I understand both sides of it. Yeah. No. Well, I was thinking when you're talking about the parents, you know, that you know a lot of times they want their children to go to to college, so let's get them in the building construction program. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of opportunities there as well. 
So what's your experience, Ben, working with the younger generation? So I've worked with the younger generation in so many different ways. Of course, I do a lot with State Department of Education, especially on the career tech um, side of the house. So participating in workshops, careers in construction events, careers in construction days, you know, going in as a guest speaker, launching programs for girls, most recently Power Up It's Another Daughter thing has been probably one of the um, initiatives that I've seen more parental involvement than I've ever seen, and it involved younger generations. So for me, that was a a aha moment because I got to kill several birds with one stone by having an event where parents were required to be there, and it was for young females, and it was an introduction to the construction industry, and to see mothers and daughters get excited was exciting for me. So that has been um, a very positive experience for me with working with the younger generation because now... I feel like we have found a tool that has been successful in attracting them to come to an event where they can learn about the industry and, and it not be a lot of pushback. But they came to the industry or they came to the event not really knowing what to expect, but then when they left, um, they had a whole different perception of the industry and was just really amazed at what the career options could be for them. That was very, very rewarding for me. Yeah, well, you know, it's really great because it addresses one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest issue, the construction industry has, which is, you know, getting skilled workers. And it's always a body count, but if those bodies, you know, if they don't know what they're doing, it just leads to nothing but trouble with workmanship issues and things that are not up to, to specifications and, you know, problems after construction and, that gets the lawyers and involved and, and make people unhappy. And it's so I think the more that can be done to really improve the quality of the labor force in the building construction industry from right from design, engineering to construction and all the supporting roles is really a big plus for the industry. Yes, yes. And I mean, and, you know, there's just so many different things that you can do with the younger generation. You know, again, the Young Professional Summit, I'll be involved with that this coming summer, so I'm looking forward to that. I was involved with the Young Professional Summit last year at Clemson University, and it was well attended. And so, you know, it was really, really good to see the interest that the um, the younger generation expressed. I mean, I could see that through their attendance. I mean, they were there because they wanted to be there you know, they're hungry for a challenge and they're hungry for knowledge and they're hungry for opportunity. So it's up to us to do something with that. And so I just get excited, you know, to even have the opportunity of being able to work with the younger generation because, like I said, they're very bright and, you know, they just want to be challenged. So, you know, spending that time with them and getting to know them and guiding them and mentoring with them and telling them about the industry is exciting to me. So it's something that's kind of fuels my soul. So I think that's what we need. And like I said, you know, it's something that we have to continue continue to do and, and stay on top of. So for our listeners, be that 
their parents or, or younger people that are interested in getting into the profession or somebody that knows somebody, are there any resources you could direct them to to get more information about careers in the construction industry? Um, yes. So off the top of my head, there are a couple of websites that you can go to. Um, you can always go to the NCCR's website, Build Your Future, byf.com. That is a great resource that you can go to. You can learn about the different professions. You can learn about wages. You can learn about where training opportunities are. There's all kinds of information that you can learn about the industry at that website. There's also websites like the Go Build Alabama website. On that website, they provide information about training providers. It's updates on what's going on in the industry. These websites do a really good job with promoting the industry and also highlighting the younger generation and and showing others how people who look like them are also doing well in the industry and who are also entering the industry. So those are two websites that I would definitely recommend that listeners could go and check out BYF and Go Build Alabama. Great. So, Mitty, this has really been an interesting topic and very, very relevant. I know it resonates with with me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I mean, I know it resonates with a lot of people. Business, you're only as good as your team. And, you know, team is everybody, not just individual people. And the more that we can do to bring talented young people into the industry and develop them as construction professionals, is, uh, is it's great for everyone. So thank you very much again for coming on today. Okay, thank you for having me today. So I'd like to remind everyone that we have a newsletter, the Everything Building Envelope newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe to that, all you need to do is text the word Building Envelope, all one word, to 22828. Again, for the Building Envelope newsletter, text the word Building Envelope to 22828. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And it was really a very interesting topic, as I said. Until next time, this is Paul Beer saying so long. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more information on the Everything Building Envelope, previous episodes, show notes, bonus video content, and much more, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com.